We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this Sunday, January seventh, twenty twenty-four. Gage, Jimmy, it is the First podcast that we've recorded in the new year, technically, because we recorded last Saturday, which was what, the 30th? 30th. Yep. So, yeah. No, this is the first one of the new year. There's no yep. technicalities about it. All right. Yeah. See, this is this is why you guys are Off here. to a hot start there, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's so great. Wait till we start. Wait till I start implementing the new stuff and just, you know, fumbling my way through that. You know, I can't even get the dates right of the show. So, uh, but guys, it's been a while since the three of us have been done the show all at the same time so starting the new year off just fantastically i can't talk and all three of us are here for the first show of the year for our show anyway so great to have you guys with us um and guys it's it's sunday it is week 18 and the packers are at the literally the same spot they were last year eight and eight win go to the playoffs lose and well, I mean, you don't technically go home, but you're probably, well, you're probably not going to the playoffs if you lose. Small chance, but uh, very unlikely. So uh, it's it's a big game for the Packers today. And literally, like I said, exact same situation as last year, just a different opponent at Lambeau and no Aaron Rodgers. And other than that, a few new guys here and there, same scenario. So should be a very fun game. But uh I wanted to do something a little bit new with this show, just as a, a like a little bit of a mixing things up a little bit. We're not going to go too far off into the weeds of anything, but I thought it might be fun to, before we actually get into the content for the show, to do a trivia question and a this day in Packers history kind of fun fact. So um, I'll throw out the trivia question for you, for you guys here, and then I'll read you the this day in Packers history. And then when I'm done with that, we'll see if you guys have an answer uh, to the question this time around for the very first one, I've got two trivia questions. It's bears week. So completely appropriate that both questions are bears Packers trivia questions. So I'll give you the first one, do this day in Packers history, and then we'll see if you guys know the, the bonus one. So, um, 
I, I don't think these are overly difficult, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know. So here's your here's your trivia question, guys. This is involving me. It's probably gonna be overly difficult right now. <laughs> I, I barely can remember half the stuff going on in my life, but let's try it. Let's see. All right, we'll we'll give it a shot and see how it turns out here. So when was the last time the Bears beat the Packers at Lambeau? The last time the Bears beat the Packers at Lambeau. So that's your trivia question. So now this day in Packers history, your little fun fact for the day, January 7th, 1954, Lyle Blackburn is named the third head coach in Packers history. He coached the team for four years from 1954 to 1957. Uh, was not a great tenure for him, though, as he was the third least successful coach in team history uh, with posting a record of 17 and 31. Uh, in his four-year stint, the Packers went four and eight in his first year as head coach. So there is your fun factoid, January 7, 1954, Lyle Blackburn, third Packers head coach. So, all right, trivia question. When was the last time the Bears beat the Packers at Lambeau Field? Jimmy, you got any guesses? I was going to go 2015-2016 season. Okay. Gage? So I I didn't cheat for anybody that heard like any clicking or anything on my end there. I didn't cheat. I was doing a little bit of math. It's actually what a cheater would say. Well, hold on. <laughs> you saw, the, you saw the Kimmel situation. You know what happens when you deny it. Hold on. Here's what I'm going to say. I believe that I saw a tweet about this in the last week where it talked about the last time Green Bay lost to Chicago in general was – 1400 days something like that but i believe that the tweet that i saw was that the last time green bay lost to chicago in green bay was about 2900 something days and that is about eight years ago which would be the like final week of the season of the 2015-16 season so that's why when jimmy said his answer i kind of leaned my head back and rolled my eyes because i'm like well i'm pretty sure he's right or we're both wrong so 2015-2016 season is correct. Hey. Thanks, Thanksgiving night, November 26, 2015, that was the night the Packers retired Favre's jersey. Yeah. And Bears came into Lambeau Thanksgiving night and beat the Packers. So The only reason I remember that is that's when I was living in China teaching, and because it was a night game, I could actually watch it at like a normal time in China. <laughs> One of the few <laughs> – literally, I need stuff like that to actually remember. If it's a normal game – my ass hasn't remembered anything. So very good. First trivia question, both correct. So uh, now here's the bonus one. And I came up with this one because it's Bears week. And so Green Bay, it, well, first of all, Matt LaFleur has not lost to the Bears in his time as head coach of the Packers. He is 9-0. and If he wins tomorrow, he'll make it 10-0, and which will be undefeated five years in a row. So the Bears have lost nine straight times to the Packers. When was the last time the Bears beat the Packers in two consecutive games? And it's, it's, I'll give you a hint. It's happened in the last, I gotta do some, yeah, within the last 20 years. I was gonna say, I feel like, I don't like, I don't know it off the top of my head, but if I'm gonna place a, place a gamble, I'm going to go like, let's see, Rogers started in 08. 
I'm going to say like 04, 05. Okay. Maybe, Jimmy? Somewhere in there. Uh, when was their Super Bowl year where they lost to the Colts? That was the end of the 05 season, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was going to go. Whatever that season was. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that game was played in 2006. So it was like 11. So you guys may be right that that happened in that time frame, but that's not the most recent time the Bears have beaten the Packers twice in a row. It was oddly the Favre's last year when they went 13-3. and three, They lost wow. to the Bears both times that year. Wow. The, Bear, the Bears were bad. The Packers were great. But – they won their Super Bowl. That's all yeah, that matters. They won their Super twice Bowl twice in a year. Twice in a year. <laughs> so 2007, Favre's last year in Green Bay, was the last time the, the Bears won consecutive games. Against yeah, the and Packers. the other loss was the game that Favre got hurt against Dallas where Rodgers came in and play and threw for 201 yards. Yeah, pretty much showed that uh, they had the future in Green Bay. So, wow. Crazy. Yeah, no, I, I, I was – I honestly – I thought – I didn't know, like, I didn't know who the losses were to in 07, but I was like, Green Bay was 13 and three. I don't think that it, obviously I was like, there's no way that both of them were that year. Or I was, I honestly said to myself, I was like, I don't even think one of them was that year. That's so, crazy. so there you go. Two trivia oh, fun fact. Yeah. I, I thought it might be fun to just, just mix things up a little bit, but we'll, we'll jump into this game now. Um, I'm I guess sorry. Like, I'm really glad we waited until the last, possibly the last week we do these game previews to switch it up a little bit. Well, hey, doesn't mean we can't carry it into the offseason. <laughs> and I mean, Jimmy, we're going to be doing another game preview next weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this presuming the Packers aren't playing Saturday and Gage is now pissed because <laughs> I apparently just jinxed it. Um, well, I mean, don't we'll, don't talk. Stop. Just don't talk about it. I, right. I don't I don't I don't like, like doing it. Club. <laughs> I I don't like I I'm I'm not a suspicious person or a superstitious person, but I am always like I like I've said before I don't know if I said it on this show I don't like betting on the Packers as a team like to win or anything, um, and people would be like you don't like backing your team and I'm like no I do it's just I don't like I unless I like I don't I don't know this team sometimes like I know it so well that that's exactly why I don't know it and I get weird about it and I'm like nope I'm not even gonna risk it. If Green Bay wins, great. I don't bet against them. Don't get me wrong. But I don't Pete Rose in to say, I'm betting on Green Bay. No, I don't do that. I get Pete weird. <laughs> do you do you avoid Packer people on fantasy teams too? No. Well, I had, I avoid some of them. I mean, this year it was a little easier because really the only one that I wanted was like Aaron Jones, and he ended up getting hurt and uh, and whatnot. But, no, AJ, I did have A.J. Dillon on a fantasy team that won a championship this year. So he, he got to go – to a chip with me. Oh, and I had Quay Walker too. Are you sending them a ring? Uh, no. Okay. Well, think about it. Uh, yeah, I'll. Uh, I I will consider it. It probably won't happen, but I'll 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 add it to the the list of thoughts. Perfect. I appreciate it. Oh no, I had Jaden Reed too, and yeah, so I had a few. I had a few packages, but then granted, that's a dynasty league where it's also yeah, it's IDP and the rosters are huge. I had Taysom Hill, former Packer, so. Um, Brandon Cooks, future Packer, etc. Uh, but no, I just I in the fantasy, it's not as big of a deal, and I don't mind betting on like player props for Packers. It's just like when like winning, covering spreads. That I'm weird about those. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into the injury report here, going into Week 18. Um, the list, if you look on the Packers website, is very lengthy. Um, however, a lot of questionables. 
and a lot of no game day designations. Uh, so let's start with the players that are out. AJ Dillon, Rudy Ford, um, Rudy Ford still dealing with that hamstring injury. Um, probably not a huge surprise coming into this game that he's not playing. Uh, AJ Dillon, he's dealing with that stinger. That's what Matt LaFleur said that he's being held out for. It has nothing to do with the thumb. Um, you know, I saw somebody put it out there. Not ideal for a cold weather game to be missing your big bruiser, but um, Aaron Jones should be good to go. And that's that's obviously a positive. And then Isaiah McDuffie, I mean, no real surprise here. He's listed as doubtful. He's not listed as out. But again, as we've talked about on this show, doubtful in Green Bay is translation for out. Um, uh, and especially with Devondre Campbell not having an injury designation, being a full participant all week, uh, I would be surprised knowing that the Packers have both Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect to see Isaiah McDuffie out there. Um, and then getting into your questionables, Elton Jenkins uh, listed as questionable with a knee and ankle injury. Uh, he didn't participate uh, Wednesday and Thursday. He was a limited participant Friday. Uh, it sounds like, though, from reporters that he talked to that he should be good to go, but obviously we'll wait to see, you know, what that comes out to. Um, as of right now, I haven't seen at the time of recording, I haven't seen any news on uh, Musgrave being activated or um, oh, who am I thinking? Emmanuel Wilson. Uh, it sounds like, though, from what we've heard on Friday that Wilson is expecting to be activated, but the Packers would need to make roster moves for both Wilson and Musgrave if they would play this weekend. Um, so that's something that apologies. We can't talk about it right now because there's just uh, no as of an hour ago, Emmanuel Wilson has been activated uh, to play versus the bears. All right, there we go. D does it say, does it give any uh, like who they moved or what they did to make room for him on the roster? Uh, according to John Miller, Green Bay's NBC 26, rookie running back will be activated from injured reserve. Uh, the source, Wilson himself. Uh, so evidently, uh, Wilson went and said that he's going to. Uh, and then that will require a corresponding move. And then, let's see, uh, they could elevate. So, the, yeah, it was either Wilson or they elevate Kenny Drake for the practice squad. They also have to make a corresponding move if they activate Musgrave, but no move has been announced as of yet uh, in this uh, article here. I'll try to keep it uh, updated as things go along. Musgrave, yeah, no activation uh, on Musgrave yet either. Uh, they haven't said that he's not playing, but as of when I Googled about two minutes ago, there was nothing yet. You know, and this says a lot about my professionalism here as the host. If I had been doing my job, I did all the research on the trivia questions and the This Day in Packers history and didn't even think to, you know, research Musgrave or Wilson. So that's that's my bad. Um, but it's that would worthless guy. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you've listened to me on this show, I mean, that's not news. <laughs> um, so obviously having Emmanuel Wilson back will be nice, especially uh, since A.J. Dillon is not going, obviously, everybody's hoping that Luke Musgrave can come back. Uh, those would be, you know, huge bolsters to the offense. Jaden Reed, he's still dealing with that chest injury, questionable. Uh, Preston Smith was, um, he hurt his ankle against Minnesota, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, was a limited participant yesterday um, in practice. He's listed as questionable. He's probably one of the bigger ones to keep an eye on just because this defense has been so hit or miss. 
um, and missing him would be, um, you know, not great. Uh, and then Christian Watson, he was, well, according to the Packers website, it said he was a limited participant all week. I thought he was a full participant Wednesday and Thursday, but I'm going to believe the Packers website. I uh, didn't practice Friday. Matt LaFleur said that was just uh, he had two good days of practice, wanted to give him a day off, so he's questionable. Hopefully he can play. Devontae Wick still dealing with his chest injury. He was a full participant Thursday and Friday. Um, so lots on the injury list here, guys, but we could be looking at a Green Bay Packers receiving core that is at full strength for the first time what feels like all year. Um, you know, if Wicks, Watson – uh, yes, because uh, like I, I believe that the whole complement has not played a game together this year. Yeah. Uh, I'll do a little bit of checking on that. But did they I not remember, all play against the Chiefs? Well, I guess Musgrave. If you're including Musgrave, he didn't. I'm play. counting the gambit. Everybody. Yeah. The whole I count Musgrave because he's more of a wide okay. receiver, anyways. <laughs> okay. So yeah, if you if you include the tight ends, then yeah, I think it would be. Uh, yeah, I'm counting everybody. This Green Bay offense utilizes their tight ends. Why would I not include them? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, me. Nick, you idiot. <laughs> well, you know, that'd be I, like saying, "Oh, well, Kansas City's had all their wide receivers this year, but Travis Kelsey like hasn't played since Week One. Like that doesn't make any sense." Travis Gages Kelsey has been part of the thing. <laughs> a smartass all day with you, Nick. You he guys got to fight it out. Yeah, he has been. You know, pre-show he was getting on my case. Not, not that it wasn't deserved, uh, but I'm <laughs> you know, just. Uh, so yeah, I mean, having the full compliment, guys. I mean. What does it mean for Green Bay to have all of those guys, considering that, like, last weekend, Bo Melton was the dude, and nothing against Bo Melton. But, I mean, start of the year, like, did we even know who Bo Melton was? And if we did, did we expect him to be the first receiver to go over 100 yards receiving? Like, I mean, if 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 they're tearing it up with Bo Melton, like, Wicks, Reed, Dobbs, Heath, Bo Melton, Watson, Musgrave, Kraft, eight guys right there. You don't have enough spots in the field for all of them. Hey friends, I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found game time. Game time is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Oh, and GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code PACKADAY. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. 
With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. That's the thing is like this, uh, people have said like we might not have top end talent in this like skill position, tight end, wide receiver, whatever, but we have a lot of depth. Like, I think we could go toe-to-toe depth-wise with any team in the NFL. Just with the tight end uh, duo we have, the wide receivers we go. As, as you said, a seventh-round pick from the Seahawks last year was our first wide receiver. He wasn't even activated to the to the main roster till later on in the season. Um, we utilize anybody. And just the talent we have, I'm excited to see if we can get the full the full gambit out there. As long as LaFleur doesn't try to get too cute, um, I'm excited to see what we can do with two tight ends on the field with Musgrave and Kraft. Uh, we can get that that uh, Gronk and uh, R.I.P. Hernandez uh, connection going, and just kind of see what happens. I, but I'm I'm thrilled. This offense has been humming the last few weeks. Thirty three oh. points back to back can only get better. By the way, another uh, additional note to that Chiefs game. Uh, so while the Packers did have Chris Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed. Tucker Craft, yes, they were missing. Obviously, uh, they had Malik Keith, Ben Simmons. They were missing Luke Musgrave. They were also missing Aaron Jones in that game. So that's another one where I understand that we're talking about the pass catchers, but I'm like I'm just looking at the weapons of the offense. Aaron Jones is probably a top two, three weapon on this offense, depending on how like top one for some people I know. But I'm just like this is the first like if everybody plays. This would be the first time I all season that you've had the number one at every single spot. And it, like like Jimmy said, the star talent isn't necessarily there yet with this group, but it's it's also a bunch of guys that I like that I think uh they have chips on their shoulders. And I like seeing that. Like you like the like Bo Melton. No, nobody expected Bo Melton to be the dude last week or at the beginning of the year, nobody really knew who Bo Melton was. But uh, when I was talking to a buddy of mine, he's like, "What do you?" Th-? He's, he asked me, "He's like, I know you're Packer guy. What do you think about Mel- Bo Melton?" I'm like, "He's Dontavian Wicks when Dontavian Wicks isn't out there because I love watching Wicks play. Because Wicks is like, he's he's ready to come up, smack you in the mouth every single play. I think that he brings the same thing that Carrington Valentine does on the other side. Like Valentine wants to fight everybody." on every play. And I'm like, yeah, that's the mentality you got to have. And every single Packers wide receiver right now pretty much has that. Jaden Reed gets up fired up. They are all fired up for each other every play. And I think that's what you need to be doing when you are a wide receiver room and a 
pass catcher room without the most top end talent is you need to be, be like, fine, you want to underrate us. Guess what? We're going to come after you all game. We're going to hit you in the mouth on every play and we're not going to stop coming. And I think that it took several weeks for it to kind of coalesce, but now that it has, every team is like, what, where do we, how do we, we can't stop everybody. Oh, you're going to shut down Jaden Reed. Guess what? Romeo Dobbs is going to have a drive where he catches three passes. Aaron Jones is going to get two. Tucker Kraft's going to score. Okay. Well, we'll take away Romeo Dobbs now. Guess what? Dontavian Wicks is going to go have a drive. There's so many weapons here. It's like, okay, maybe there's not the most top end talent, but guess what? There's a lot of talent everywhere. And I think that that's why that's the way this offense is supposed to work. That's why, like, if you look at San Francisco, and I understand San Francisco has Debo and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. They have all these elite weapons, but it's also they can make it work with, oh, Debo's out? Fine, we'll make it work with Ronnie Bell and Juwan Jennings and these other dudes. That's the way the, the Shanahan offense is supposed to work. Does having elite talent make it better? Sure, but it's also not necessary because you can make it work without that. I think too, like Jordan loves willingness to spread out and not hyper fixate on his guy or person that he feels he has a better connection with is, is huge because as you said, that really does help you kind of, or it helps you ride the hot hand. Like it doesn't matter. And we saw with Rogers, it's not a knock on him. Devonta Adams was top two, not two for a couple of years in green Bay. You're going to target him more, but right now it's like, but the talent you have to see him just spread it out and just truly play within the offense and look at his reads and dish it out to whoever's there has been a, a breath of fresh air. And I think that's a, a big reason why this team's doing well is whenever their number like you, Dobbs, he's, he hasn't had more than five catches since I think it was week four against the lions. Like if you, if you don't, or these guys are answering the call when they're being called, like they're answering when it's their time and they're not doing, they're not playing outside their role. They're doing their job. They're getting it done when it's their turn. And uh, that's, that's really all you can ask for in a young team. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, again, it'll be exciting if all of them are a full go. And I mean, but even think of it like this, even if Musgrave doesn't get activated, like, I mean, this is still fantastic to see almost all of them out there. And I mean, Tucker Craft has done a phenomenal job stepping in for Musgrave in his absence, you know, and we've talked about Bo Melton and Malik Heath making plays while some of these other guys are down. Um, they've got a lot of depth, of, as we've talked about. This is this should be exciting to watch the offense uh, today against the Bears. Bears defense has obviously gotten a lot better. They're not the same Bears team from week one that we saw, but um, definitely very exciting and fun to potentially have all of these guys back, uh, you know, to close out the season. And, you know, again, if the Packers win, it'll be nice to have all of that health going into the playoffs you know, obviously should they win and make it. So, um, well, guys, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball here. Um, Jair Alexander, he is back from his one-game suspension. Um, he said that his interviews are going to be a lot more professional, which I know people like Jimmy Christensen are super excited about that he's going to be more professional. So um, Devondre Campbell, he's back full participant all this week, which is great, uh, especially with Isaiah McDuffie having that injury. Um, and then just looking down the list, Keyshawn Nixon, um, he's dealing with a quad injury, but it looks like he's good to go. Jonathan Owens dealing with a knee injury. looks like he should be good to go. Uh, Darnell Savage as well, dealing with his shoulder injury. Looks like he should be good to go. TJ Slayton dealing with a knee and foot injury. looks like he should be good. Um, Quay Walker with a shoulder injury. looks like he should be good to go. Um, and so really 
of anybody, you know, that may not play Preston Smith is obviously the big one dealing with that ankle injury. Uh, you know, Jimmy, if, if Preston Smith can't go, what does that mean for this Packers defense? What is he at right now? Eight sacks. Like he's people like to obviously Rashawn Gary's our top edge rusher. He's the top guy. He has a big contract, but Preston Smith has been a really solid starter ever since he's been in green Bay. Um, he, he plays the run better than Rashawn Gary, in my opinion, actually holds the edge and not overcommits, doesn't get over aggressive. Uh, so having him out against a quarterback like Justin Fields would suck. I think he will be in there. We saw him come back into the game against the Vikings. Uh, but having, you need your full arsenal of pass rushers against Justin Fields. Like he, as Joe Barry said, like the play is never over with him. He's going to scramble it. He's going to extend it. He's he'll run if he needs to. Like Justin Fields is a weapon. I know we always joke like, oh, I hope the Bears extend him. Justin Field hasn't been playing that bad. Like he's he's been a solid quarterback lately. I know he's had his struggles. He missed some of that time with that thumb injury, but uh, we need Preston there. I, I think we need, as obviously we're going to be Miss McDuffie who, whatever. If Campbell's back, that's fine. We do need our full, full arsenal. So um, I think he'll be ready to go, but it would be a big hit on that defensive line not having him because then you're trusting a, an aggressive Rashawn Gary, who we've seen not hold the edge, a Van Ness who's young, and uh, an Ambare who also like solid when he comes in there as a rotation player, not somebody you want to rely on down in and down out. I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing some Lucas Van Ness edge snaps like in this spot because Lucas Van Ness – I mean, I don't know if you guys watch any Iowa college football. If you do, uh, I'm sure I can get some numbers for like some therapy or uh, yes, just like I, I can find I something better. Don't. Like if there's some trash that you want to go pick up, I'm sure there's something better to do. But they all they, their games are low scoring. They're scrappy. They like drag people into the mud and like dude knows how to set an edge. He's a big boy. He ain't small. Like he like he is a he's. Let's see where's I want to get his official measurements here because I know he was he was big because that's always the he's six four or he's six five two hundred seventy two pounds he's he's got size to him he can set an edge and that's what you need to do here like Preston Smith if I would I want him to be in the lineup I honestly I think he's going to play uh, mm-hmm. if not being slightly limited uh, but against this Bears def- this Bears offense. Stopping the run like of the running backs is important because we've seen, obviously we know that for the last 15 years, 13 years, whatever it is, Green Bay just can't, like they can't stop the run. And, but the problem is when you face a team like this, that has a guy like Justin Fields, who is the athlete that he is, you have to stop the everybody else when it comes to running, because that's what makes him dangerous when everybody else can run. Now Justin Fields has even more room to play with because if you ha- if you can like shut down the regular run and then it's okay now we can dedicate some resources to him that makes his life more difficult. It's the same thing that like everybody has tried to do to Lamar Jackson over the last five years is all right. Why is the Ravens running offense so good? Because Lamar Jackson makes it to where you have to focus on more than just more than just the running game. You got to focus on him. If you can figure out a way to slow down the run and then just contain fields on scrambles because that's where he gets a lot of his, that's where he does a lot of damage. Obviously he's got a ton of speed, a guy that is his size. Shouldn't like he's six, three, 230 pounds. He shouldn't move the way that he does. And just green Bay's gotten torn up by running quarterbacks. It got torn up by quarterbacks that don't run all year because those quarterbacks are able to run Tommy DeVito 
and uh, Desmond Ritter tore them up against Atlanta earlier this year. Taysom Hill always seems to have like 30 yards whenever Green Bay plays New Orleans. But just find a way to limit the run, and then that I think that alone will make Fields' life more difficult just because he'll be like, it'll be like, okay, we've gotten this handled. Now we can deal with this other thing over here. Cause I don't think that Chicago's weapons are that terrifying to me. I think that they can, I think Green Bay can handle uh, DJ Moore pretty well. Uh, Cole Komet, uh, I think will play his full participant on Friday. Uh, so unless he has to set back in pregame warmups, I expect him to go. But other than that, this, this bears wide receiver and pass catcher room just isn't very good. So I just, you can't let fields beat you with his legs. That's the, that's the main thing. So Jimmy pointed that out, but specifically if you can slow down the rest of the running game with Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, uh, Deontay Foreman, that'll make fields just have to work that much harder to create on the ground. Yeah. The more you can make Fields beat you, regardless, like you're saying, taking away some of the weapons in the rush game, the more you make Fields beat you, the better chance you have against the Bears team. They have DJ Moore, hopefully with Alexander back, a motivated Alexander, like that should be shut down. Uh, again, obviously it depends on what, who we put on him. Hopefully it is Alexander, uh, but it all comes down to stopping that run and making Justin Fields beat you. If you do that, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because we know that I gauge will expand on this later when we focus on the bears defense, but the defense has been playing better lately and uh, it's not going to be easy, but making fields be the one to beat you is the best way to uh, best chance you'll have to beat the bears. Well, let's talk about that. Then let's flip to the offensive side of the ball here for the Packers against this bears defense Uh, been much improved over the last, uh, you know, seven, eight weeks. They've been playing good football. Um, You know, currently seven and nine, um, which I think is, you know, even, even if the bears lose finish season seven and 10, that's probably a lot better than what most people, you know, figured they would be this year. So they've come on as of late, the defense has kind of figured some things out. So Jimmy with this Packers offense and, you know, the potential of the full arsenal of weapons, I mean, you know, the bears have, you know, for the most part, like the history of that franchise is very defensive centered. Uh, So it's something that even when they're not the best, like the the defensive side of the ball is usually the consistent part of it. No different this year. So how does this Green Bay Packers offense attack this defense in a way to score enough points where you feel comfortable that Joe Barry can have a bad game and still win? (laughs) Um, So I did, I actually wrote an article for Pack Report, shameless plug. Uh, One of the things that I put, with LaFleur, as much as he's been in his bag lately and this offense has been humming, like I said earlier, 33 points back-to-back games. To me, the one thing they have in common for those games, Aaron Jones, 100 yards rushing each game. He was utilized. And I know sometimes LaFleur will fall into that habit of just abandoning the run. We saw that against the Buccaneers. Um, we got killed that game. Uh, but Jones is having a solid one, but we just abandoned the run after the, uh, after using him heavy in the first, the first drive and then kind of just ditched him the rest of the game. We still, the bears have a solid run defense. Uh, I was looking at for that article. I put the, the, the area to attack them where they give up a positive EPA per play or per attempt is the left side of the line. If we're running behind Jenkins behind Bakhtiari Kraft obviously being an improved blocker on that end. Like that's where they give up a positive on the right side of the line. If that's where you're rushing to 
they've been they've been very strong there over the last uh, I think I did seven weeks, seven, eight weeks. They've been really strong on that side. So making sure you commit to the run. It's it's not going to be successful every time. It's not probably not going to look like it did against the Panthers, looks like look like it did against the Vikings, but just having that be a consistent part of the offense. Love has been dealing. There's no question about it. But right now, in a, his first ever winner go home game to make the playoffs. We can't put all the pressure on him to have to make a play. We need to rely on Aaron Jones, our veteran, still arguably the best player on that offense, um, to have a good game. And like I said, there's a reason we scored 33 points these last couple games. Yes, Jordan Love is doing great, but I really think Aaron Jones is the biggest factor in those, just having that consistent run game to to lean back on. And not only consistent run game, but I mean, you know, he he is the spark plug of the running backs. Like, I mean, it, it, much as you like AJ Dillon or any of the other guys, like Aaron Jones is clearly the playmaker within the running back room. So giving him the ball is great. But Gage, I mean, you know, kind of the same question. I mean, this Packers offense the last couple of weeks, um, you know, even going back to the Buccaneers game, like they only scored 20 points, but it wasn't because they were bad. I mean, there were some mistakes there, um, you know, and then 33 points the, the next two weeks after that. I mean, you know, They've been playing really well, and again, we, we, we talk about it. it's win or go home. Jordan Love's been playing excellent, but, I mean, you know, this is probably – I mean, I don't know because I don't look at numbers like you two do, but I would assume that of the last five weeks, this is probably the, the best defense they've played w- would be a guess. I, I don't know that for sure, but, I mean, we, we know that it's that the, the Bears are tough and stingy, so – I mean, what does this what does this offense have to do in order to to get a win? Well, the first thing uh, I want to mention was that, uh, as Jimmy pointed out, the Aaron Jones was running very well against Tampa to start the game. He had on the first two drives, he had nine carries for forty six yards. He had thirteen carries for fifty three yards in the game. Nine of his thirteen carries came in the first quarter. He had four the rest of the day, and so. I, I want. I just wanted to tag on that point that he's Lafleur does abandon the run too early at times. It's it's very weird. I don't know what it is. It's one of those ones where it's like you wish that you could ask questions off the record of people and just be able to ask these things because I want to be like, why? Like, don't want to. I don't want to report on it. I don't want to call him out on it. I just want to ask because I'm I'm curious about that stuff. But you sit there and you look at this team and who Green Bay has played. And over the last five weeks, I mean, the best defense that they've played is Kansas City. Like, prob- I, I believe that Kansas City is, over the last five weeks, by defense, um, they have been just they've been one of the le- they've been one of the league's best all season. Uh, people have kind of forgotten about them because of the struggles of their offense and sort of that whole thing. But I honestly think that people just people have not paid attention to just how good this defense has been. Like the chiefs have had one of the best defenses all season long. If I, if I go over and I look at defensive DVOA on FTN, the chiefs have the, like they're 10th, but they're ninth by, they were ninth last week. They like they're weighted DVOA. They're like 14th, but it's the numbers are better than that. They're fifth against the pass. It's just that their run rank is really low and that kind of takes them out. I don't have the uh, EPA per play numbers in front of me, but I know that, the Chiefs are probably, the, I think, in my opinion, the best defense that the Packers have played uh, over the last several weeks. 
Uh, I think that the Bears have played very well, but the Bears have also not played anybody. I we I talked to Jimmy about this before we got started today. That yeah, the Bears have the Bears have really turned it on recently. They've been the let's see, I believe they were the second uh, second best defense by uh, EPA per play. Uh, they're sixth in success rate, second against the pass, seventh against the run. Uh, they've been the second best team at. Uh, not allowing explosive plays in general. Uh, they're great on early downs, third third in explosive plays overall. All that's well and good, but they're not playing any good offenses in that stretch. So over there, so I looked at their last seven games, which that's their, so that's, they played three games uh, against Carolina, Detroit, Minnesota, then they're by, and then Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta. Prior to that seven game stretch, they were two and seven. Since then, they're now they're five and two over that stretch with the two losses being a blown game against Detroit on the road. And then a game, a loss against Cleveland on the road. But the only offense that they played there, which they played Detroit twice, who Detroit's fifth in offensive DVOA. The, the next best is Arizona at 22nd. They're not playing anybody. So like their defense has been very good recently. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from them. And I think they have some good pieces on defense, but I'm also like, who, who are you playing? Why, why should I take you not seriously, but why should I, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you all of your flowers. I'll give you some, but I'm going to take it with a grain of salt and say, I haven't seen you play a good defense. You played Detroit and Det- you gave up a huge lead. Cause I believe if I remember correctly, they were up by double digits in that game. Let's see, they were up 10 and then they gave this. So they were up, I think 10 zero or no, they were up seven. It was seven, seven. And then they were up 26 to 14 with four minutes left in the game. And they lost. They lost the game after leading by 26 to 14 with less than five minutes left. Less than four, like there was less than four and a half minutes left and you lost the game. And so that's why I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and just say, maybe your defense isn't quite as great as you want it to be. Uh, and But yeah, congrats. You beat Jared Goff outdoors. Everybody knows Jared Goff is bad outside. That's why that's why home field advantage is so important for Detroit in these playoffs. I think Chicago's got a good defense, but I'm not going to sit here and say that they are the best defense or the second best defense in the NFL. I think that it's that even if those stats are like team adjusted, they're not fully as good as uh, everybody wants to, or as everybody may think they are. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, it'll be it'll be a great game. Um, and let's get to predictions this uh, real quick, Jimmy. I didn't forget this time, like I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so prediction time. All right, eight and eight for the Packers. Three thirty kickoff on CBS. We get Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I know everybody's excited about that. He's um, be so drunk <laughs> being back in Wisconsin. So, uh, Jimmy, let's start with you. Packers win and they're in. What's your prediction? I gotta go Packers on this one. Uh, I think we, I think we handled. I'm gonna give us three 30 point games in a row. I'm gonna go 34, 34, 24, 34, 24. Okay, Gage, what do you got for a prediction? I just got done spending all that time talking about how Green Bay's or Chicago's defense isn't all that good, and I'm still gonna give them some credit here. I think Green Bay gets the win, uh, but I think that they don't quite break 30 as Jimmy predicted. But I do think that Green Bay wins the game. I'm going Green Bay 27, Chicago 17. Uh, I think that Green Bay's. I think Green Bay's the better team. I think that Chicago has shown that they have some building blocks there. Uh, 
I, I like, I understand that we joke about the, Oh, you should extend fields thing. Cause we want to play against fields, but I think fields has been good. I think that they shouldn't extend fields. I think that there's other, I think I would go with probably Caleb Williams or Drake may one of those two guys, whichever they prefer. But I think that Chicago has some building blocks on both sides of the ball right now, especially on defense. I think DJ Moore is good. I think that they have some offensive line pieces that are good if they can stay healthy, but I still think green Bay is the better team, uh, especially on defense where they have a lot of help where if just, if guys can just play, can just mute Joe Barry for three hours. I think they can play some good defense. Like I want green Bay to go play aggressive defense and just play, play like there is no tomorrow. Like go watch the, go watch the replacements go listen to Jimmy McGinty and like, there's no tomorrow. If you lose, you're done. And then everybody's going to clown you for another year of losing a win or win or go home situation at home, at home against a divisional opponent who hasn't beat you here in eight years. They just need to play David Goggins in the locker room for hours beforehand. Who's going to carry the boats, man. But no. So I think that, I'm I so glad that both of you know that. That makes my heart happy. I just want to get that in there because I'm sure there are people out there that are going to listen to this and be like, "Who?" And I know, I know <laughs> roughly what David Goggins is, but I, I don't watch. Can we just sign of... David Goggins? Like, I he's mean, a psychopath. But no, I don't know. I don't Green know Bay needs what a psychopath. Like that. I just, I got a gist of it, but no, I think Green Bay wins 27-17. I just think Green Bay is the better team. Uh, and then next year, the divisional division is going to be very interesting. Yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting next year. I think you're going to have three teams competing. Three, well, actually, probably all four uh, throughout most of the year. But um, I'm going to pick the Packers. I didn't pick oh, them last you. week. I didn't yeah. pick them last week. And Gage, as Gage was there, Gage is my witness. I didn't pick the Packers last weekend to beat the to beat the Vikings. I didn't feel great about Joe Barry's defense. I mean, I still don't because I mean nobody does at this point. Nobody feels good about it, but. I mean, this is a team that you've owned for, you know, at least the last five years and even more so like the last 30 years, for the most part, Green Bay has gotten the better end of this rivalry. And it's it, it to me, this is a, this is one of those games. If you can't get up for this game and motivate yourself to beat a divisional opponent at home to make the playoffs, I don't know what will. Like, I don't know what more you can ask for in, in this moment than to get a divisional opponent that you have absolutely owned for the last five years and win and you make the playoffs in Jordan Love's first year as a starter. Not a whole lot more you can ask for. Uh, so you shouldn't need a whole lot of motivation. Um, I'm going to take Green Bay 27-13. I take the 27 because – we're either getting two chippy field goals or Carlson's bound to miss an extra point. So I'm good either way. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel pretty confident about that number there, but, um, but yeah, 27, 13. Um, I, I expect it to be close for most of the game. I feel like green Bay pulls away in the second half. Um, I don't foresee it being anywhere near similar to what it was with the Vikings uh, last weekend. I mean, that game, I'm sure most of us were still nervous throughout the second half, but I mean that game was pretty much over by halftime. So, um, but yeah, winning you're in, and that's all you can ask for at this point. So, um, well, that's uh, that'll wrap it up real quick, Jimmy. If people want to get in touch with your work, follow you. How can they do that? 
Yeah, follow me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore C08. Uh, any show, Pack Day, Lombardi's Bar, um, or any article for Pack Report will be posted there. So just give that a follow. All right. Engage. Uh, people want to get in touch with you, follow your work. How can they do that? Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL. Still doing, uh, I'll be doing player prop picks uh, for Royal Baller throughout the playoffs. Those come out every Saturday. Uh, still doing content for Denver Stiffs. Uh, generally, film Fridays every other Friday, and then previews and recaps and other stuff throughout the week. And then also uh, just started up with Bet Sided, uh, which uh, this last week or on Thursday, I am 3 0 so far, just mostly doing NBA player props. And then when other sports pick up, I'll probably do more later on. Also, uh, right before we sign off here, uh, are giving our congratulations to Sean Clifford, who announced uh, that he's engaged. So, oh, awesome! Him. Congratulations, Mr. Clifford, Mr. Highest passer rating in the league, one for one, thirty-seven yards. You know, MVP candidate. Yeah, MVP candidate right there. So, well, congratulations to him, um, and let's let's make it the perfect weekend for him. Get engaged on Saturday, make the playoffs come Sunday. So. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for putting up with us for, wow, 45 minutes. Kudos if you are still here. Kudos to you. You are a, you're a, you're a true listener. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Enjoy the game. And as always, go Pack Go.